Uh, give a hand for the worship team and those watching online, if you will. Praise the Lord. They brought Janie's diamond up and I looked at Marcus and said, God still answers prayer. <laughs> so praise the Lord. Amen. Listen, y'all look so good. You're all ready for Christmas? All right, good. I hope you are because it's coming whether you are or not. All right. Hey, uh, we're in the middle of the uh, unheard of series, things that are unheard of in uh, the Christmas season. And um, different things like we've talked about. Uh, and then they kind of coordinate with the Advent calendar, the Advent wreath. Uh, so the first week was hope. There's 400 silent years, and those became years of hope that they would hear from uh, God again, and they did through Christ. And then last year was the candle of faith, which Mary exercised a great deal of faith so that uh, she could understand this birth of a Savior. Today is the candle of joy. It's also considered the candle of shepherds. Or shepherding. And we're going to talk about the shepherds today. Unheard of, of what God does through people who maybe other people in society look down upon or don't uh, value as much. And like Marcus said just a moment again, uh, God came for all people. Christ came for every single person. And so whether someone's far from God or not, we need to value them as a person in Christ. Because either, either you know Jesus or you need to know Jesus, right? And so if we need to know Jesus. Sometimes the people that need to know Jesus only see Jesus through those who know Jesus. So we do need to be very welcoming and very graceful in our actions and our attitude. I'm excited about uh, today's message. I'm excited about just the shepherds and kind of a, a backstory that we'll talk about. So let's go over. Wait, uh, by the way, we have a, uh, a prayer small group that meets uh, every other Wednesday. This week they'll be meeting on uh, Tuesday evening at 6.30 right here in the auditorium. And we have a grief share group that meets on Tuesdays as well. So along with other many other small groups, if you're interested in any of those groups, see me afterwards. We'll get you hooked up with the right people. Or just come Tuesday for the, the prayer group at 6.30 right here. Uh, or the grief share group, you could see myself or Marcus or Charity or Amanda, and, and they can help you with that as well. So let's go to Luke's Gospel, the second chapter. We're going to read through 8 through 15. In the same region, there were shepherds out on the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel of hosts a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you are using people then, you are using people now. So open our hearts to receive and to hear, Lord, what, what and how you used even the shepherds of 2,000 years ago. Lord, keep us, Father, Lord, as we celebrate this season, Father, with good news. In Jesus' name we pray, and the church said, 
Amen. So these shepherds, think about it for a moment on how, uh, how we would rationalize uh, God through an angel coming to shepherds to announce the birth of his son. Uh, and we, we look at maybe in the year, you know, 2022, uh, normalization of religion. In other words, we, we kind of take things and we make it pertinent to us or we make it a little bit normal. And if it's not normal to us, then we, we don't accept it. We, we should always accept the spiritual way more than we do the physical. The spiritual, the Bible says, was around way before the physical is. And so we kind of normalize things by saying, well, we don't believe in angels or we don't believe in miracles or we don't believe that God moves anymore. And we're normalizing things based on our comprehension of it versus spiritualizing things based on what God can do and how God can work a miracle or God could bring forth a prophetic word or how God could save someone and bring someone into the saving knowledge of Christ. Maybe someone who's been far away from God for a long long time, but we normalize that by saying that's just the way they are. God wants to spiritualize it. So he shows us a very spiritual content that's still alive today. I talked last week about angels. I still believe in angels. I believe you can have a visitation of an angel or someone could come to, to, to see you or, or like Paul says, you might be entertaining angels unaware. All right, and so we look at the angels here now in this, in this story in the Bible, uh, and we see like we, we, we normalize it. We, we've seen and heard of these, of these angels, Marcus, when he was maybe, oh, just really young. Uh, the church did a, a play on, on Charlie Brown and the whole uh, Linus part where he quotes those verses that I just read. And so Marcus was Linus and he quoted Luke uh, 2, 8 through 15 and talked about the angels. And we see it through a script. We see it through movies. We see it and hear it through songs. And we start to normalize that God came to uh, earth through his son Jesus Christ and the first people to know about it and were aware of it were, were shepherds. There, there, there were these um, people that were maybe less than. And I, I wonder if, if the angels weren't in heaven for a moment. And you think about uh, Michael and, and Gabriel, and we think about angels, and sometimes we think, well, angels are more robotic. They're, they're like, they're, they don't have a choice. But yet we see how Satan was an angel and fell from heaven. Jesus tells us that in both Luke and Matthew, the 10th chapter. I saw Satan as a lightning fall from heaven. We know that Jude says, uh, Jesus' brother, that a third of the angels went with Satan. So there must have been some sort of choice there uh, with angelic being. Jesus says that we'll be similar to angels when we go to the other side. And Paul says we'll judge the angels on how uh, they worked on our behalf. We know that God sends angels all around us. And so again, like I said last week, if we throw out angels from the New Testament, we really remove quite a bit of the scripture. But angels aren't robots. Angels, we found out, have choice. But I think they work it's so in sync with God that they're so obedient to the Father. They're so uh, in sync with him and do everything that he says that maybe they come across as robots, but they don't normalize anything. It really is a normal situation for them. They spiritualize. They work in the spiritual. But play with me for just a second. I can see maybe the angels uh, in heaven wondering how this thing is going to take place. They are privy to some things that we don't know about. They might know ahead, ahead 
ahead of time. Michael said that when Daniel started to pray and fast, it was 21 days that he was fighting with the angels from the dark side before he could come and answer Daniel's prayer. And so it was good that Daniel kept praying and fasting is what Michael said. So if you're praying and fasting over a situation or purpose or reason, uh, something that is heavy on your heart, continue to do so. There's probably some war taking place. Again, that's not to normalize anything because some of us will say uh, a prayer and we think we've prayed about it and God is waiting for us to tarry in prayer about a situation because he knows that there's angels that he's discharged on your behalf. So the angels are not robots. They're created beings like us. Uh, we'll have a little bit more, I would say, value in heaven possibly because we'll be just a little higher than the angels if we're going to be judging them. But at the same time, maybe the angels are sitting around heaven at this point in time wondering Who's going to announce that the Savior is born? They know by now that God is coming, Jesus is coming as God's only begotten son. They, they know because Gabriel's already talked to Mary. There's an angel that's talked to Zechariah. There's an angel that's talked to Joseph in a dream. So all these things have taken place. Now the birth is about ready. All right, And so the angels are in heaven. What's, gonna, what's it going to look like? What, what's going to take place? Are they going to go to a king? Are they going to go to a prince? Are they going to go to a queen? Are they going to go to the Sanhedrin court? Is it going to be Cephas or, or Caesar? Is it going to be Herod? How is the announcement going to be? Are they going to go to the town square in Jerusalem? And they're going to blow the shofar and all of a sudden gather, gather everybody's attention. Hey, this day a child is born. Emmanuel, God with us. I mean, it would be it would be okay, wouldn't it? Like if Instagram was uh, 2,000 years ago and all of a sudden all of social media knew that there was a child born. But God chose to use shepherds. He chose to come to maybe some of the lowest people on earth. He came to go uh, to people that worked a job that nobody else wanted. He came to visit with people who were working the night shift. He came to visit with people that, uh, that, that were kind of castaways. A, a lot of them didn't have family or friends, and this is why they, were, they joined a, a sheep herding for an occupation. And Jesus likened himself to a shepherd quite a bit in Scripture. David was a shepherd. And so we, we see that in the biblical terms that this shepherding is, is quite an occupation. In fact, that we, we look and we see in Scriptures that, that there's times that uh, uh, you would see, and we talked about it back in March, the, the, the life of a shepherd when Jesus said he was the great shepherd. In fact, shepherds had a couple ways of keeping their sheep uh, while they were either sleeping or while they were out in the field. One was called a, a city gate. They would keep uh, in the city uh, a larger city, maybe Jerusalem or, or a nearby city. They would, they would have a city gate where there would be a big pin, and then there would be a tall gate under lock and key. And when a shepherd came in, he could put his sheep or her sheep into the pen. And then they would lock the gate, and then the, the, the shepherd could go to the local inn, or today it would be an Airbnb or a hotel. They could clean up and get a good night's rest. And then the next morning, they would come to that city pen, that city gate, and they would call their sheep. And they would, only their sheep would come out and follow them then to the next pasture. That's where Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and they know me, and they follow me, Sheila. Isn't that beautiful? 
My sheep hear me. They know my voice. They follow me. He's likening himself to a shepherd. Of course, we know Jehovah Rohi. He is the great shepherd. He is the shepherd of us all, all that will hear his voice and follow him. See, it's one thing to count Christ as our Savior. It's another thing to count him as our shepherd, our Lord, someone that he leads us in the paths of righteousness, that we should follow him. But if they weren't in the city and they were in the country, then there would be what they called a country pen. And the country pen was very big and vast. It was for the sheep at night, and the sheep would come into the country pen, and it didn't have a gate on it because there would be no one there to man the gate. And so the, the opening of the country pen was six feet wide. And when they would bring their sheep into the country pen, the shepherd would lay across the opening so that no bear or no mountain lions or no wolves could pass through without him knowing that. This is why Jesus said, I lay my life down for my sheep. The shepherd truly did this. And so the, the sheep herders that were in the middle of the night watching over their flock didn't have a country pen or a city pen, so they had an, what they would call an open pen. It was just the, 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 the green prairie. And at night, when a star-filled night, they would be sitting there, and now they had to stay awake. They couldn't lay down. And David said he killed the bear and the lion. And I'm wondering if it wasn't a mountain lion, because maybe lions weren't indigenous to Jerusalem at that time. But he understood what it was like to take care of his sheep. Jesus said, in fact, the same thing. And so the importance of the shepherd that Jesus or God coming to them through the angel and announcing the birth of the baby. Let me just read it one more time. At that same time in the region, there were shepherds out in the field. They were keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel appeared unto them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. This is something supernatural that was taking place. These angels uh, were, this angel was, was, was on high. And these shepherds were in the field, and they were watching because it was nighttime, and they couldn't lay in the gate. There was no gate. They couldn't lock the sheep up, so they had to watch the sheep. And we have to be careful that we understand and don't normalize this because it's a nice Christmas card. It's a great statement. It's very well quoted. It's very well rehearsed. But there were angels that showed up to these shepherds, and these shepherds were tending their sheep, not knowing for sure what was going on, but obviously somehow knowing the scriptures. Like this, this is different. This is unusual, but yet it's something that's far supernatural. And I would challenge you that we don't become so religious that we forget the supernatural. That we don't forget that God still heals today, does miracles today, prophesies today, saves today, fills people with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and still causes people to have an unction to, to want to get closer to, to him, to want to get closer to God. And so these shepherds were, were on God's heart because Jesus himself compares himself to a shepherd. David was a shepherd, loved sheep herding, and God understands that if he's going to come. So these angels who, who, who are in heaven thinking, are we going to go tell the king of the court? Are we going to go tell the, the head of the Sanhedrin? Understood that, no, they're going to go tell someone who's not going to keep it or hide it. And see, I would say this today, that we have to be careful that we, we look at things and keep them in perspective. 
that we don't need a, a certain team. It's good to have prayer teams or prayer warriors. It's good to have evangelism teams, and it's good to have a worship team and all that. But, but we can do all that in our private time. We can worship. We can pray. We can evangelize. We can do the things. The, 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 the shepherds were just biding their time. In fact, the Bible says that they're biding their time in the fields at night, and all of a sudden, this great thing happens, and there's an angel that shows up, and then, then it goes on to say that he's, he's going to bring good news of great joy for all, pe for all people. Everybody say all people. For all people. It's, a, it's where we get our statement. Grace Church is for what? Grace Church is for all people. Why? Because God is for all people. Because Jesus came for all people. There's not, a, there's not a select group of people that Jesus came for. He came for all people. In fact, he says, I would that all would be saved and come to the same knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, there will be a judgment day. And if you're not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you'll stand in that judgment. If you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you'll stand in that judgment as well. If you work for Christ afterwards, like you can't work for your salvation, but after you're saved, if you just check that box, and you'll stand in that judgment. What did you do for Jesus after you became a Christ follower? If you became a Christ follower and now you decide you're going to do something for Christ, you'll stand in that judgment as well. There's different types of judgment that will take place in the end times. I don't say that to scare you. I say that to challenge you. That if you're a Christ follower today, then it's time to get busy. And if you're not a Christ follower, then why not? It's time to accept Christ. It's time to live for him and enjoy the fellowship with the king of kings. These angels came to these shepherds. And then the Bible says, and then suddenly, after he makes this announcement, there was an angel, with the angel, there was a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those to whom he is well pleased. There were no theological debates. There were no cumbersome rules. There were no legalistic laws. There were no complex cliques that made this the thing. The angels simply came to some sheep herders. Sometimes we get wrapped up. Well, are you part of this organization? Or are you part of that team? Or are you part of that ruling body? Or are you part of these guys that seem to be a little bit more spiritual or know a little bit more? There was nothing of that going along. So nobody really had it. It was just a group of uh, sheep herders in a field that an angel showed up. And when the angel gave his spiel, then there was a multitude of angels because they could not stop saying, Hosanna. Glory to God in the highest. Can you imagine? They were in heaven a moment ago, and now they're on earth. Jesus is being born. He's wrapped in swatting clothes. He's laying in a manger, kind of a little cut-out cave area. There was no room in the inn, not because the, that wasn't planned. God knew exactly what was getting ready to take place. He understood. He wanted to make sure that this gospel is all-inclusive for everybody. That nobody has a handle on it. Well, you're part of this group or you're part of that group. I'm just part of Jesus' group. You call it whatever you want. I, I, I want to be in with Jesus. The maturity of us lets us know that the gospel is much bigger than we thought. The immaturity of us thinks that, well, if I'm not part of this group that believes this way, then everybody else is going to you know, die and go to hell, and we're actually kind of happy about that. That's so wrong. <laughs> so wrong. We have to be part of the group that says, wait a second. I, I, I'm, going to, I, I'm going to grab a hold of the gospel 
and I'm going to do exactly what these shepherds did. And here's what they did. The first thing they did was they listened. They listened to who was telling them what. And I think if you want to grow in Christ, you need to listen to God. You need to listen to Jesus. You need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Now, we'll say this. With our mind, we listen to outside chatter or words, and, and they're not altogether bad, but with our heart is how we listen to God. God will most definitely deal with each and every person, but he deals with, within your heart. And this is how we can listen to him. This is how we know it's God. He'll, he'll, just, he'll give you that gut instinct. He'll give you that, 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 that trap in your, in your heart that says, hey, why don't you go you know, bless that person? Why don't you go pray for that person? Why don't you go help that person? Why don't you go share with that person? I don't know if, uh, I think Janie has shared it before, so maybe I can share it again. We have a friend over here, Chelsea, and she came up and asked Janie for some prayer regarding uh, her son. And, and, and Janie prayed. We pro- I think we stopped the service and, and prayed, much like I did quietly over here when your diamond was gone. Oh, dear Jesus, find that diamond. We need you, Lord. We need, we need someone to find that thing in Jesus' name. And God answered that prayer. And, and then that very next week, things started to change. And Ch- Chelsea, just wave over here. Is that, is that not a testimony? Did not God answer your prayer and, and your visitation with your son? And, and all, all those things rapidly came to, rapidly came to pass. It, it was, and it's not, and let's say this, it's not because of Janie. It's because Janie heard God speak to her in her heart regarding a loved one in church who needed a miracle. And sometimes we're not listening to God. We need to listen. My quiet time is three or four in the morning. I'm listening to the Lord. In fact, Messianic Jews will call that the fourth watch. And I, and I just listen for God. I'm not praying uh, loud verbal prayers. I'm not against that. In fact, that's how I pray a lot of times. I'm not, I'm not walking the floors. I'm either sitting in my chair or I'm lying in bed, and I'm just listening for what God has to say to me. Maybe it's something for the church. Maybe it's somebody uh, in the church. These angels were just listening. They were wide awake. They were doing their, their, their job. They were doing their business, and yet an angel appeared to them, and then a multitude of angels came around about them, and they understood. They listened. It was like they were, they were not passing it off. And again, talk about the normalization of Christianity is we pass things off. Well, God doesn't do that anymore. Who are we to say what God does and doesn't do? God can do whatever God wants to do. He's God. He doesn't need our permission. He needs our submission. We need to submit to God. God, you are God. However you want to do with Grace Church, however you want to do with with our family, however you want to do with each one of us, however you want to do, you do it, God, because you're God. I don't know if you've been reading the devotionals that we handed out. We're all out of them. I apologize. But one the other day was about the star and the magi going to the star and how uh, different Christ followers have tried over the years to figure out why the star was here and not there. And I like the author says simply, listen, we don't have to figure it out. We just have to listen. We just have to read it. We just have to understand. There's a lot of things that we try to figure out in life. When is Jesus coming back? Or where, where's the mark of the beast? Or where, who's the, you know, the seven heads or the seven eyes and all these things? And I would say, first of all, we should listen. We don't have to figure all that out. We have to listen. We have to love God and we have to obey. If we can do those things, which may be the hardest things to do, 
The rest of it will take care of itself. But the angels listened. Next of all, they investigated. After they listened to the angels, what they do, they went to see. Let's go see what, what these angel, this, this angel's talking about. And you should investigate. I think you should. I think you have to be careful not to read too much into things or not to hear too many voices or not to watch too many programs before you first investigate the scriptures. I love, I love what my father-in-law used to say uh, to, to Janie, to myself, to anybody that would look. What's the word say? Let, let's go to the word of God. And I think if we allow the word to speak into our lives, then we can come up with an intelligent answers. We can walk in the wisdom of what God is speaking to us. They would, you should investigate. If someone's telling you something, hey, I heard, I heard this, or I saw this, or I read this, investigate it with the word of God. Well, what's the Bible say about it? Ah, oh, Pastor, the Bible, that's old stuff. That's prehistoric. No, it's alive today as it was 2,000 years ago. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. College professors are amazing. People with PhDs are incredible, educated, well-learned, knowledgeable. I I appreciate the the fact that they've taken time out and gotten educated. I I do. I appreciate that fact. But I'm going to tell you that my final resource is going to be the Word of God. My final resource is going to be what does the Bible say about that situation. That's how I'm going to act because that's how I'm going to be judged. And that's how you're going to be judged. So the shepherds went and investigated that, which what the angel had told them. And they saw the baby in a manger. And then what they do, number three, they rejoiced. This is the joy candle of Advent, which is the shepherding candle, because the shepherds rejoice. And I think we have to take time out of our day or out of our life, and we have to understand that we can rejoice. Can you give five seconds of praise to God for just, just give him five seconds of praise. He's worthy to be praised in this house. He, he's, he's a good, good father. He loves you. He sent his son for you. We need to be able to rejoice. The root word is joy. Christ's follower, if you are unhappy, check your walk with God. Because someone has it a lot worse than you. Stop looking at those that might have it better. And start looking at those that might have it not quite as... You live in a country that just by living here, you are of the 2% richest people in the whole world. 98% of the people in the world are poorer than you just because you live in America. Irregardless of how you live or where you live, you are of the 98% richest people in the whole world. God has blessed you. But that's not why we have joy. We have joy because God sent his son to save us. We have joy because, not because of what we're eating or what we shop for at Christmas or if we're done shopping or not shopping. Or I like what Janie said. We have taken a step back just to enjoy, enjoy the season. Because if you're in our occupation by choice, it can be very busy. It can be a rat race. And if you win the rat race at the end of the day, you're still a rat. I like the people that will say, Doug, uh, uh, don't worry about my dog. He'll just lick you to death. You still die. If he licks me to death, I'm still dying. Joy, laughter, embrace. Enjoy the season. Uh, enjoy the crowds or just shop online. UPS doesn't deliver to our new address, and we're quite frustrated at that. 
but we're going to have joy. You, listen, nobody can steal your joy. These shepherds who were in a field doing a job that nobody else wanted in the middle of the night, working the night shift, they came back rejoicing, praising God. And then number four, giving God glory. They glorified the king. It's like they didn't glorify the king because they were the first to know. They glorified the king because there was a reflection. They were in the middle of, of God reflecting them to his son, his sons reflecting them to the father. And that's what glorifying God is, is your reflection of how magnificent God is. We serve a magnificent God. And the only way other people see God is through you and through me. And no, I'm not talking about a time of sorrow. Yes, if, if you've lost a loved one, you should be sorrowful. If, if, if something's happened in your life and you're trying to navigate through that, that's okay. I'm just saying there's a time then where even our actions of navigation glorify who the Father is. It's like people will look and say, man, you did that and still gave God glory. Yes. Why? Because that's what Christ's followers do. Which leads to number five, that's the good news. The worship team, come on back. What's the good news? The, the good news is, is the fact that I don't have to have to be in the in crowd. I don't have to understand the complexities of cliques. I don't have to hang around the right crowd because they have a, a growing church or a growing business or a growing finance or a, a growing family that God cares about me and you right where we're at. To the point where if you were the only one, he still would have sent his only begotten son. And the angels then were able to, if you read the rest of the story, Paul Harvey's rest of the story, if you read the rest of the story, they didn't stay quiet. They couldn't. After they listened and investigated, after they rejoiced and glorified, they shared the good news. Stand with me this morning right where you're at. I'm going to ask you to do something here in a moment. Because of the hustle and bustle of Christmas and the crowd and, and the joy that comes with it. Sometimes we not only normalize the scripture. Sometimes we don't only normalize our walk with Christ. We normalize Christmas. Is it about the presents or is it about the trees? Is it about the plays? Is it about the singing? It's all good. Is it about the food? Is it about what we're giving or getting? It's all good, but is it truly about the good news? If the angels which were in heaven were sitting around waiting for God to tell them, this is where you're going to go. This is who you're going to tell. And they went. And they went to shepherds in a field at night to share the good news. Because they knew those shepherds would then, in fact, share the good news. The first words of the gospel regarding Jesus are come and see last words from Jesus to the church are go and tell. Come and see the baby in the manger. Now go and tell the world. Which is exactly what God knew those shepherds would do. Go and tell. A reflection of the glory of God. And so here's my charge to you today. 
in the hustle and bustle of the season. If God answers or opens a door for you to go and tell the good news, you don't have to get your Bible out and give a three-point sermon at home, a funny story. You just become Christ to those around you. And that's your good news. If you're willing to say, dear God, if given the opportunity, I will certainly spread your good news. I want you to come forward and just stand across the front during this next worship song so that we can share the good news together. I mean, I invite you now as, a, as an expression of your faith in God to say, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the good news. I am going to share the good news. And you just come up here and stand. You, you just stand and, and say, God, here I am. Would you open doors for me? Would you, would you allow me to not only believe the gospel, but share the gospel? It could be sharing through a neighbor. It could be sharing through a chocolate. It could be sharing through a loved one. It could just be sharing through your good news. And I'm going to pray. You can come. We're going to sing, then we'll close. Father, we thank you for the good news. We thank you, Lord, for those angels who you had so much faith and confidence in to share the good news. They listened, they investigated, they rejoiced, they glorified, they spread. And where, Lord, where we, where we were told to come and see the baby in the manger, now you said after the cross to go and tell. So we ask that you'd help us. Invite people to church. Invite people to our homes. Invite people to know you. Invite them with loving hearts to share the good news. We thank you, Father. Bless those, Father, Lord, as they come forward, not only to receive the good news, but to share the good news.
special blessing over each one that stepped forward. And if you stepped out and you came forward, really what you're saying is, I'll be the hands and feet and voice of God. I'm like the shepherd who was sent. God had a plan, but if those shepherds wouldn't have done their assignment, he would have had to come in a different plan, but the shepherd said, yes, whatever you want me to do, and that's what you have done that stepped out. So thank you to those who stepped out of your seat today and said, I'll be the shepherd today. I'll share the good news. So if somebody comes in your path, or maybe you're in the store and you notice the Holy Spirit just says, just go pray with that person, or just go, they're going through something, a hard situation, I'm just going to pray that the Holy Spirit will just give you the exact words to share with that person. You are the, the shepherd today. You're leaving as saying, I'm willing to do and spread the good news of the gospel. If that's how I understood you. Is that correct? Yes, that's what he said. That's what he asked you to do. And, and those that stepped forward, you responded. So I'm going to pray for you right now, okay? Father, I just pray for those that boldly stepped out of their seats as a sign to say, yes, I'll be obedient to whatever you want me to do. I'll be your hands, I'll be your feet, I'll be your voice, and I'll listen, and then I'll be obedient to do whatever I need to do to share the gospel. I'll be the shepherd that shared shares the good news so if somebody comes lord to one of these people who said i'll be that i, I agree i'll stand forward and say yes to you lord i pray that the holy spirit would just empower them with words to say that the insight the thought that would come would not be their thought but it would be the thought that come from the holy spirit and they'll know exactly what to say they will hear the voice of the lord and they will respond and help somebody who just needs help who maybe lord is searching and here are your shepherds that are saying i'll be your voice and i'll share the good news so i pray that you would empower them with a special anointing that would go and Lord, share the good news and the gospel. I thank you for their boldness. I thank you for their heart. I thank you for their obedience. So, Lord, I pray today as they leave this place, they will feel a fresh anointing over them as they walk into different places. They're going to hear the Holy Spirit, and they are going to share the good news like you've commanded us to do, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. You came as a baby, but you come back as a king. So we celebrate you today. We love you, and I pray blessings and favor over each and every one of these people. You be with them, and you show them, and lead them, and guide them. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all so much. Have a blessed day. We love you. We'll see you next week or Wednesday downtown. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.